Welcome to The Holt Story, a podcast where tech leaders discuss the biggest trends and challenges in cybersecurity technology. Brought to you by Tech Data, one of the world's largest technology distributors. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Holt Story, where we go deeper into the topics and technology impacting our industry. I'm your host, Tracy Holtz, and today's guest is Brian Keepers, Director of Channel Sales America at Open Gear. Brian helps partners become a more trusted advisor to their customers while driving channel programs and new business development. Welcome, Brian. It's great to be here, Tracy. Appreciate it. Fantastic. Well, for our listeners, I think um, what would be really helpful is in out-of-band management. So when I think of out-of-band management, there are it can be confusing, right, and overwhelming to customers on what that really is. Maybe what you, if I could ask, if you could just help our audience understand what is out-of-band management? You're not the first person to ask that question. So uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say by any stretch that I'm the expert, but since I work for a company who claims to uh, understand out-of-band management, I do have an answer. So the question is, that your questions were yes and yes. So here's how I explain it to our partners. And, and then there's a few things I think that we can talk about afterward as a follow-on to it that'll help clarify it even, even more, though. It's alternative access to these devices. So out-of-band management gives an IT manager or a network uh, the ability to get to gain remote access or in the event that they lose their primary connection, the ability to get back to a device so that they can remediate the problem. If it's a router, it locks up or this, or this, you're having some switch problems or you lose your power. So you can't get back to your network the same way that you would normally. Uh, so, so I call it alternative access and we can talk about a number of different ways that we, uh, that we afford our customers the ability to do that as well. But so, so out of band is, through an RS-232 serial or RG-45 serial port, it gives them the ability to gain console access or take take over complete control of the device, no matter where they are across their network. And if they lose their network, it gives them an alternative path back to it. Yeah, it's fascinating when I think about it, right? I mean, in sense of the user case studies that where you would u- utilize this, you know, I got to imagine like disaster recovery and some other um, kind of scenarios play into this as much as technology challenges, right? They certainly do. And uh, so I can tell you, I've been with the company uh, about seven and a half years now. And so uh, when I came on, I think um, most people in the organization would have considered it a legacy uh, type of product. And so uh, for for Open Gear specifically, I can tell you what's happened since I came on, which is uh, we've become the industry uh, leader in in out of band management. So I don't say that to, to lay claim to being the sole reason why that happened. But the good news is I got to see it happen. And one of the biggest things that's happened over the last two plus years is uh, the pandemic and the coronavirus and how that's impacted our world, but more specifically how it's impacted our customers and having remote access and not having to roll a truck or have somebody physically on site when a router locks up or goes offline. um, Those are the ways that people use our products. So we're complementary to the Cisco's and the Juniper's and the Palo Alto's of this world to where our product is complement to what they're doing. So uh, from that perspective, most of these companies are using us in lockstep and, and, and that's all infrastructure. So out of band is infrastructure, infrastructure is, is us. 
Yeah. And I can certainly see, you know, the last two years probably drove a significant amount of growth for you just with the pandemic and just companies really starting to, when they shifted their workers off, uh, you know, from home and into remote capacity. And then even still today in this hybrid space, right? You know, we're not seeing workers go back 100%. There's this demand for remote employees. And so that continues the opportunity for open gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other things that we've seen uh, recently, I'd say in the last few years, that's that's uh, that's really helped our business grow is another complementary technology, which is SD-WAN. So software-defined wide area. So wide area networks, most of our customers have as at WAN and then and then had, adding the SD WAN to it really has uh, has helped our business tremendously because SD WAN is is a phenomenal product. It allows customers to do a lot of things that they weren't able to do. One of the most important things it did is it moved the compute from a data center or uh, in in one one area and it moved it to the edge. So it's a router that is managing a remote location. And so when a router locks up, which most routers do, uh, we complement what SD-WAN is doing and give them the ability to fail over via 4G LTE, which I know we're probably going to talk about here in a few moments. But ultimately, as we look at it, it gives our customers the ability to feel confident about their SD-WAN deployment because they know if something goes wrong with it, we're going to be able to help them get back to it. Yeah, that's fantastic. How do you, what would be a recommendation for our listeners today around managing the security risks that are associated with the network remotely? Well, our product is is very safe. And, and uh, one of the things that we didn't talk about at the beginning is, uh, is Open Gear is not an outdoor apparel company, but Open Gear stands for open source. And so SE Linux is, is what we use um, in terms of, uh, of allowing companies to have open source to come in and, and uh, tie things together. And so from a security perspective, uh, you know, our our product gives them a secure path to it. And so without without going into too much detail, because candidly, I'm not qualified to do that. So if that's through cellular, we're going to do that. Uh, we're going to do that safely. And then if it's across their network, they're going to use the same security that they're already using to manage that. And then if you look at from from a cellular perspective, they can build their own uh have their own private network. And in a lot of cases, that's with Verizon or AT&T or uh, T-Mobile, it's going to give them the ability to use their existing uh, cellular infrastructure that they have to, to securely get back to the products when something goes wrong. Yeah, and no, that's that's fantastic. And you know, you're seeing so much the government is pushing a ton of funding right out into remote areas to better provide internet capacity to, you know, highly restrained issues. I mean, I've got a house in the mountain um, today that, you know, today I'm getting internet over a satellite, which is by all means not um, optimized. Um, It it works, but certainly from a uh, high speed or just even trying to do uh, video or streaming is not conducive on that kind of environment. So I'm welcoming the, uh, the capabilities and the expansion and certainly really where you started to talk about 4, 4G LTE. And when we think about, it's interesting because in the networking space, you know, I've been to several industry events over the last several months around networking. And, and really now they're not even talking 4G, right? It's all around this 5G plus, you know, kind of landscape. So I'd love your kind of... Um, 
your thoughts because the mobile industry, right, is pushing 5G um, across the country and large cities have implemented it. Um, there's still a lot of enthusiasm, you know, for further expansion on that. And what that really means um, for the consumer and for businesses and really the tech um, upgrade that will happen with natural, you know, 5G and, and other um, rollouts. What, what What's your thoughts really around, you know, what experiences are you seeing with it? Um, you know, how failover works with it from a cellular perspective? Well, so, so two things to cover on that. One is, uh, right now, the technology we're still using is is 4G, and and uh, as far as the reasoning behind it is twofold. One, it's certainly the most established network uh, in the world, and the second part is is the uh, is that the way our product works, the way it connects back to a device, it uh, when the connection is made, it, it, there's not a lot of data being exchanged there, so they're small packets. Of data. So, if for an example, a typical uh, failover we using our product would be about one uh, one meg, so 1024k. So, not a large, not large packets of data. So, for us, giving them still having a secure path, but uh, typically our customer is not using it to drive their entire network. So, mm-hmm. so those are the two things. 5G is on the horizon, and and what we're seeing in the industry is it's being adopted in other areas first. I think this where the speed has the most impact on the business. So if it's your primary connection, or if you had if you were able to get 5G in uh, your remote net, your remote area, I would be wonderful to have that. So uh, in terms of that, it's being it's being deployed, and typically it's not being used. Uh, what from what we're seeing um, at the enterprise level. Uh, the 4G is still what's there and, and uh, it being uh, proven and uh, safe and secure. I think that's the main reason why we're seeing some hesitation. But when it's ready and, and when uh, the people who make our cellular modem are ready to move to 5G, we'll be ready for that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I would agree with you in, in what you're seeing in, in enterprise and commercial spaces. We're still seeing 4G and being dominated. And to your point, right? I mean, and 5G has been primarily large cities. Um, and, you know, I would say a consumer uh, as well as enterprises starting to adopt it in those areas, but unless they're doing it for their network, um, it's not taking effect into, you know, their day-to-day operational perspectives too. So very good perspective on that. Um, when you talked about, you know, packets, right. And moving data, you talked about one meg, right. Much more consumable, much more easy to, to manage, you know, Talk um, to our audience a little bit about how that works because, and how you would deploy in multiple sites versus a single site. So, so our product is, and in, in to, to oversimplify, it's a box that has some RJ45 serial ports on the back of it, no moving parts in it. And so, uh, so the technology that we use to, uh, to, to connect these devices is IP pass-through. And so in terms of that, what we're doing is we're sitting in the background, we're monitoring the devices that are connected, as I mentioned, routing, switches, PDUs, uh, UPSs, firewalls. So anything with a console port in the back of it, those are gonna be the things that we're gonna connect 
at the edge or in a co-location or uh, in the, inside their, within their uh, enterprise network. So those are the types of devices that we're connecting to. So they're going to use the same security platforms that they have already in place, and then they're going to add our device at that location. So we're going to give them that same security that they would have um, as they deploy these things. So the types of activities that they're doing with it is they're provisioning, they're remediating. Um, in, in some cases, if a, if a backhoe comes in and pulls out the fiber and the power, they're going to get back to it so that they can, um, they can turn off certain devices and save, uh, save the energy for, from the UPSs so they can run the critical things that they need to from their network. Uh, or in some cases, it's going to give them the ability to to get back and and uh, and do recovery. Uh, so those are some of the things that we give them the ability to do at the edge. And so uh, Computer Networks Journal uh, wrote an article about it. And uh, when they were asking um, in in terms of defining uh, network resilience, which is what we offer, and it's the ability to provide and maintain an acceptable level of service in the face of faults and challenges to normal operations. So we fall in that range. And so this, this uh, we have a less than 1% failure rate on our products. Typically it's, a, it's one port that goes off versus the entire device. We have redundancy. So we have multiple network connect connections. So whether it's um, a fiber connection or gigabit ethernet connection, or cellular connection. So we give them multiple ways to get back to the device. And then we also have multiple power supplies on our devices. So in terms of that, we uh, we give them a secure way to get back to it when something goes wrong. I hope that helps uh, clarify that a little bit. Yeah, no, that was fantastic. And then and quite impressive, right? A 1% fail uh, yeah. rate is pretty impressive for, you know, for any company to manage through and provide that as a, a tremendous amount of value add for your customers. Uh, where do you see, so we talked a lot about, you know, just where you're comparable, right? And where you're seeing solution sales kind of integrate. So you talked about Palo Alto and, and Juniper and, and the networking components. And is that your primary, you know, kind of um, route to market or is there a better user case study um, that really helps? I and mean, we talked about quite a bit, right? Um, from a cell perspective and networking and redundancy. You know, but is there certain in manufacturers, right, or industries that really have a need for your technology? I want to make sure our audience knows where to position Open Gear aligned with the Palo Altos and the Netgears and the and the networking Cisco's, right? Um, but I really want to make sure we touch on that because it's so important for our customers to really understand where they can position your solutions. No, it's a great question, Tracy. I'd say so. It's a complementary attach. So I'll give you a statistic, and I don't know how accurate the statistic still is, but it keeps it keeps showing up in my slide deck. So I'm going to continue to use it. But I'd say approximately 90% of our attach is going to be Cisco, Juniper, and uh, Arista, and those kind of things. So as far as the routing and switching uh, pieces of the network, and then secondarily the Palo Altos of the world. And by the way, uh, Cisco is a customer of ours. Juniper is a customer of ours, uh, and so they actually use our products on their networks as well. So we're actually a very complementary attach in that sense, where they use our they use our products, and then uh, hundreds and thousands of end users uh, and resellers are using our products um, as a complementary attach. And I think that. 
that's the way for, for yours and my customer who's listening to this right now is if you have accounts that you're selling a lot of those types of products to, get connected with our team so that we have regional teams scattered all over the U.S. and Canada. So in terms of that pro, uh, process, we have a team of people that can help on the pre-sale side, identify if it's the right partner, whether they're already doing business with us, whether we're doing business together. And then we can go uh, after the account mapping, we can start setting up things. And, and uh, so they can they can start with their existing customer base and then we can, we can branch out to new customers that they want to get to. And so I'd say our product is unique in the sense that we can help them from an, a, a simple account mapping exercise, be able to go and say, hey, this reseller is selling a ton of this product and we can go do this. Or And uh, and so those are easy steps. And then then going back and saying, hey, let's get to a new area. And, and so what you what you kind of asked about, which is I talk, I I try to I try to steer clear, but finance and manufacturing and uh retail. So some of the biggest companies in the world up, Home Depot is a customer of ours. And and I had mentioned uh, to a much smaller scale, uh, Cisco is uh, is a customer of ours. They use it, our products in their labs. And so, uh, but we do business with some of the biggest companies in the world, Apple, uh, Salesforce.com. Uh, so in terms of that, there's that enterprise feel to it. But more specifically, it's going to be is a company that has multiple locations scattered all over in the States or all over the world. And so, so what we do is we help them with that connectivity back to those devices. So you put one of our boxes wherever you have a location and you connect all the rest of the gear to that. And that gives them that secure path back to it. We have a software product called Lighthouse that we haven't talked about, which is gives them a single pane of glass so that they can manage it, monitor it, see what's going on, do the provisioning piece that we talked about. We have uh, two new products that that do automation tools. So if they're using products like Docker and Python, um, we're complementary to that too. And that's the whole net ops uh, area, which we didn't really talk much about, but in the end to our audience, it's probably less important, but uh, so we're giving them the out of band. We call it smart out of band. So all the things you normally associate with out of band for the emergency side of it. And then we have the everyday piece of it. And then we have even day one provisioning. So we have a box that you can install all the, everything that you need to get a remote location set up, ship that product there, connect all the devices to it, power it up. It's going to call home and it's going to go in and and basically configure and enable that entire network. And so those are things that we also allow our, our partners to do. Yeah, that was fantastic. Thank you. I love that. And you know, to me, that's uh, that's a huge value add. Um, it's a huge opportunity because as you talk about connecting in remote offices across, you know, um, states, countries, um, even interna- you know, international um, capabilities, there's a tremendous footprint of opportunities with customers out there for your solutions. So that's exciting. If we think about what you talked about with Lighthouse, and I know we didn't go deep into Lighthouse, but that management functionality in the single panel of glass, are you seeing managed service providers really adopt your technology and provide it as a service with their networking gear? So the MSPs and those types of companies uh, that, so we should be their best friend in a lot of cases we are. (laughs) And uh, I think our biggest impediment to success in the MSP space is awareness and understanding of how our products work. So I was uh, having a conversation with the reseller uh, partner and and then in other parts of the world and other, and some companies they consider an MSP and end user because who owns the product and and in but in the end, 
uh, we are an integral tool for an MSP to do because if they're managing a network and they put our box at their customer site, then that's going to give them the ability to get through that when, when something goes wrong instead of having to drive over there. We call rolling a truck to go over there. So remote access to the device. And, and where we're having success with several MSP partners is we're starting at the beginning stages of it. So when they're talking to their customers and, and they have a per seat uh, way that they're structuring their costs to, to manage these networks, or, and then they have an initial setup cost. What we're trying to do is include our products into the initial setup cost for them so that they're not having to come out of pocket for it. And then it gives them the ability to give their customer uh, that so they have they have service level agreements with them. We're going to help them hit those almost every time and then overall lower the cost for them. And then obviously having that high level of service uh, for the end user is the big, is the big win. Yeah, no, um, I see a tremendous opportunity here with MSPs and as MSPs are looking to expand on as a service capabilities, to your point, the one in the model you just rolled out really right there, um, there's tremendous opportunity in that space. I mean, we continue to see MSPs come to us, look for new solutions that they should be wrapping around their monthly offerings today and provide value back, but also provide the management functionality that you talked about and and mitigate risk, right? And there's security functionalities that tie in tie into this very nicely. So it's a security and networking kind of opportunity. So um, really, really excited about that. I think that that's an opportunity for TD Cynix and Open Gear to really kind of focus on. Um, in that space and growing that ecosystem for you. So I do. I do have one final follow-on to that too. Is, uh, so Channel Partners last year, it was we were kind of just coming out of the, uh, the COVID uh, funk, and so it was the first in person. And I met up with a gentleman, Jay Jay McBain. You may know him. He works mm-hmm. at Canals now. He was with Forrester, but uh, so Jay did a presentation, and he talked about. He said fifty percent of the MSPs in the states in Canada right now are not profitable. So I thought that was a big shocker. And so I assume he has something to back it up. And the guy's brilliant. So uh, I believe uh, that he did his homework on that. So I'm repeating it and giving him credit for it just in case it's wrong. But uh, but in the end, uh, of the other 50%, those are the ones that uh, that really have a game plan towards. Because if you think about it, MSP has been around for a long time. And then the industry has changed so dramatically, especially with the remote connectivity piece, which we are uh, certainly an, an integral part to. So um, if we look at the ones that aren't making money right now and being able to change their business model to include a product like ours is going to be able to lower their overall cost because every truck roll has a cost. Every time they touch that network has a cost to it. So taking your cost down so you can go out and get new customers and build, continue to build your business, we can help them do that in spades. So. Yeah, uh, Jay's phenomenal. He's certainly a uh, well-renowned expert in the MSP space. So mm-hmm. I would certainly write, um, if, he's, if he quoted 50%, and I've heard that number quite often as well from him, um, as well as, you know, in the industry. And, you know, that's a big opportunity, right? I mean, it's an opportunity for MSPs to become more profitable, look at ways to optimize their business. I mean, this has been a transformation for them uh, as you know, a heritage business owner of moving from you know, regular perpetual either licensing and hardware to a monthly reoccurring model. 
And it takes usually three years plus to become more profitable in that equation. So mm-hmm. I think through the last couple of years of the pandemic and the remote capability and forward thinking, you know, as you know, businesses will continue to transform their work strategy because that allows them to expand on hiring and talent across the, the globe. Uh, you know, a solution like Open Gear wrapped around security, wrapped around their networking um, management functionality provides a tremendous value. Um, and to your point, you know, one that is extremely optimal with Open Gear with 1% uh, down ratio and then, you know, uh, wrapping around just moderating their risk um, and managing that risk management functionality for their clients. Um, is a tremendous uh, capability. So look for a lot of great things in the future uh, between TD Cynix and Open Gear. It was great having you on today, Brian. I really enjoyed the conversation. It's definitely a, a technology that I know my listeners haven't heard a lot about. So I would love to have an opportunity to have you back on in the future and we'll go deeper again in some of the other capabilities wrapped around like Lighthouse and, uh, and open uh, management too. Yeah, perfect. No, and and I would say market. You heard it first here. So in terms of <laughs> in terms of that, uh, you're, you're listening to the whole story. And I can tell you right now, let's. How do we get MSPs in the top fifty percentile? That's what we should be talking about. So maybe we can evangelize that. But uh, thanks, thanks for having me, Tracy. And and uh, I'd love to come back on and talk to you a little bit more about it because there certainly are some things. One of the things, one of the last things uh, that I I tell people all the time, and as far as a takeaway for a for a TD Cynic sales rep. And they so most of the time they're just taking orders and they're managing and they're getting lead times and things. But in early in the mornings and late in the afternoons when they're talking to their reseller partners and they're and uh, are one of our biggest impediments to success overall from the out-of-band space is awareness. And so today we're helping there. And so hopefully there's people that are listening to this that can say, if I so say, hey, I was listening to the whole story and and uh, and I heard about out of band. What are you guys doing for it? And start that conversation and let let uh, Open Gear help you the rest of the way. Absolutely, and I look forward to having you on there because I love that topic of how do we increase profitability for the fifty percent of MSPs um, with Open Gear and solutions. So we'll look forward to that. Um, and listeners, you heard it first here around Open Gear and out of band management. So really exciting. Um, technology and lots of uh, opportunity in the future for to leverage this technology wrapped around MSB capabilities. So look forward to having you back on, Brian. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye. And thank you, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate you taking the time to subscribe using your favorite podcast application. We are hosted on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other podcast platforms. We're adding new podcasts monthly, and you can also access our podcast at theholtstory.com. Thanks again.